Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Engineer. In the census of 2011, 2.68 crore persons were recorded as disabled. That's 2.21% of the citizenry. To put this in perspective, it's larger than the population of Australia. However, many believe that even this number is a gross undercount. Those working in the disability sector believe millions with disabilities are missing from the census. What is the link between being counted in the census and social justice for people with disabilities? All Indians matter. We have on the show Arman Ali, an untiring crusader for the rights of people with disabilities. A person with disability himself, Arman heads the National Centre for Promotion of Employment for Disabled People, India's leading cross-disability organisation working towards the empowerment of persons with disabilities. Prior to that, Arman's journey at Shishu Sarothi, a centre for rehabilitation and training for multiple disabilities, began in 2003 in his nascent disability law unit for protecting the rights of persons with disabilities through legal literacy and litigation. He took over the reins of the organization in 2009 and has led its growth since then. Arman works with civil society organizations, NGOs, the government and corporations to boost employment, accessibility, awareness in and around disability. During his tenure at Shishu Sarothi, his initiatives spanned inclusive education, scholarships for students with disabilities pursuing higher education and research to a robust early intervention program for children with disabilities. In the Northeast, Arman played a pivotal role in bringing together the disability sector to form a network of organizations across seven states, leading campaigns and several public interest litigations. Arman is an alumnus of the International Visitor Leadership Program of the United States Department of State, Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs and the recipient of several awards. Welcome to the show, Arman. Thank you so much, Ashraf. Arman, before I start off, I want to pass on some background information to listeners. Disability was part of the census pre-independence from 1872 to 1931, but included post-independence only in the 1981 census. Even at this time, the census collected information on only three types of disability. And forgive me, I'm using the terms used in the census. It's not very particularly sensitive terms, but those were the terms used. Blind, crippled and dumb. Disability counts were dropped in the census of 1991, but they reappeared in the census of 2001 with five disabilities listed, that is disabilities in seeing, in speech, in hearing, in moving, and mental disability. In 2011, this number rose to eight. Mental illness, multiple disability, and other disabilities were the new categories. So this is a very checkered approach to a very large number of people. Do you think it is reflective of the apathy we see in society? Absolutely, uh, Ashraf. Uh, one, uh, I'm sure you are aware that uh, the inclusion of a census question required a lot of protest from the disability sector. Uh, NCP, DP, uh, and my predecessor, late Sri Javed Abidi, uh, he led the protest uh, for uh, the people with disability, hit the roads to include disability question in the census, which was dropped. Um, and uh, from there to having an num- uh, approach which is limited to physical disability or any disability which is a medical model does not give you the right perspective uh, of disability. So we have always advocated of, a, uh, of having a census which is based on functionality and not on a person's uh, physical ability or disability. Um, but however, it was a good uh, move 
it was uh, important that from 5 to 7 was included but and any other category was uh, again uh, a huge uh, bonus for anybody to include any kind of disability if one felt is a person with disability at that point uh, but there were challenges uh, and that is how uh, we ha still have this low number on disability among the last census put the percentage of the population that was disabled at 2.21% in 2018 the national statistical office conducted a study that confirmed this percentage but those working in the disability sector say this is an undercount so why is that there, there is a, a stigma around disability there is a you know, if I can say this, you know, when the enumerator came to my house, they did not ask this question to my family members that, do you have a person with disability in the house? Kya aapke ghar mein koi hai? So, because the enumerator is not comfortable asking that question and people at home, that the household is not comfortable disclosing. There's so much of stigma around. So, despite having this question, these questions were not asked. Uh, or people with disability and the families did not disclose the status of disability. Um, however, and I think that's one of the reasons why the number kept low. Uh, now with 21 categories of disability in the Rights of Persons with Disabilities Act 2016, and uh, we have been in touch with the uh, Registrar General of India and the, uh, and the additional Registrar General of India for census operations. And we are hopeful that this time uh, we are able to get to the real picture. Right. In fact, I want to talk a little bit more about the stigma that you mentioned. So there's a stigma about, around disability, which makes many households withhold information on disability from enumerators, enumerators, as you said. So that leaves out clearly a major section of the population. Why is it important to get right the count of disabled persons in India? You know, without data, how do you plan? How do you know how many, what is the number of people with disabilities in India have disability and what kind of disability? If, for example, you are, you, uh, you are in Mumbai and, and, and Mumbai city is going to a municipal corporation is planning something or buying buses or, or getting railways or metros in place. If you don't know that how many, what kind of disability uh, people have and what is the number, how do you plan? How do you plan for their uh, the infrastructure of education for health? How do you procure buses which is low floor or accessible? How do you make buildings which is accessible? What kind of accessibility? Whether building a ramp itself doesn't answer uh, your uh, solve the problem. It doesn't. It's not an answer for anything in this world. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's important that there is a real data, and when you have a real data, you are able to uh, um, you know plan accordingly without a number without a figure you cannot go to the drawing board for anything disability will continue to remain a charity issue unless you have the real figures the real issues they cannot be a part of the mainstream they cannot be the first class citizen of this country and they will continue to be left out absolutely it's not just that isn't it there's also a lack of sensitization around disability on the part of census officials so and how does that perpetuate the stigma it's a political problem, you know, how you look at disability. Uh, I, 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 I think it's it's a majoritarian politics is how I might say. The 80% of the population of this world are non-disabled people. They, uh, the 80% of people are people be able to organize themselves, go and vote, bring in a government. And those people who has brought in a government, the government will work for their economic development, their, their empowerment. Because if they don't do so, 
the same group of people will organize themselves and make sure that this government will come down uh, either by protest or through the elections next time. Disabled people have just started to vote now in India and are still not looked at as, as a group where, where, where they can form power uh, or things. So, so it's only disability is an issue which is looked at only after the development is done as a welfare approach where you distribute free uh, wheelchairs, uh, substandard quality aids and appliances, and, 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 and you give pension and not salaries to disabled people because they drop out of school, they're not part of the mainstream education uh, system. Uh, you must be aware that the UNESCO says that 75% children with disability drop out of school in, in at a secondary level. Why is that happening? So unless you have a real picture or data, when you don't acknowledge people with disability as people first and, and, and the citizen of this country, we will never have able to solve this problem. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's uh, talk a little bit about the census itself and the way it's done. Uh, do the questions asked in this uh, census follow a medical model? It is. Uh, it is a medical model. Uh, as you are aware, there are uh, uh, question. Uh, question number nine is on disability, uh, which will ask, uh, if, is there a person with disability in your house? If yes, then what is the disability? Then the 20, 21 category is listed. Uh, a difficulty in walking or whatever uh, has been taken out. And, 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 and there's still more no clarity on this. Uh, the census uh, RGA office has to still release this uh, information. Uh, but we have been advocating on asking question on Washington group of question, uh, Washington group that question which is something which we have been advocating which gives you a larger uh, perspective which which includes people who are elderly includes people who have uh, uh, you know uh, some form of uh, chronic illnesses or, or or have some bony issue or or any other medical condition may not uh, consider him, herself or himself as a person with disability. But the functionality of able to uh, climb steps, to be able to get into a bus, to be able to move from one place to another, to be able to access public transport, or going to you know, and so on and so forth. You know, activities of daily living is what uh, if you can put it through. And if you ask those questions to a larger group of people, then you have a, a better idea about uh, the the kind of disability people have, you know, for various conditions, it could be your heart disease or for a diabetes or because you have obesity or any other condition. However, I think uh, uh, we need to have a census very specific only for people with disability uh, because the census is not primarily focused on disability. There are, it's a headcount and there are many other uh, ministries who want their own kind of data. Disability happens to be one of them. I think uh, India holds the largest number of disabled people in the world. And uh, as a country, we should be able to do an exercise just for that so that we are able to give a better India to the next generation to come. Absolutely. And just taking off from what you said about the Washington group of questions, it's not a question about uh, disability being defined in the traditional way, but also it's, it's a question of about how you're able to actually go about your life is what you're saying. True. So uh, there's a lack of publicity also around disability in the census. We don't hear too many people talking about the need for it. So what can be done to increase awareness? You know, one, I think uh, this, uh, the RGI's office has not started awareness yet. Uh, because of the pandemic, it's, it's delayed by year already. Uh, there is a discussion about holding a digital census where maybe people will self-enumerate or enumerator will do it digitally. There is a no clarity at the moment. Rightly said, you know, there is not enough awareness about uh, people in general, you know, to be, get, to be counted, you know, like you do, people don't, really go and vote, vote, uh, they think, yeah, hey, 
you know it's not important uh, so just to be uh, to be uh, to be able to count it yourself or a families of disabled people making sure that uh, their ward is being counted or the children are or adult whoever is in the household is counted to ensure that uh, uh, you know to ensure that whatever the right of this person as a citizen of this country is, is his or she is not denied of so i think there is a need to create a lot of awareness people like you are doing it right now as we are speaking uh, in this uh, program disability is something which cuts across it doesn't look at uh, nationality religion caste creed your economic status or gender and so on and so forth so everybody should be aware it can happen to anybody so disability right is something which will impact and help anyone at any point of life uh, so i think there's a need to create a larger awareness and so uh, as part of that could you elaborate on the link between comprehensive inclusion in the census in the way that you are saying and social justice so if you have a you know i i am just repeating myself uh, i uh, if you uh, say uh, if you look at the national education policy you know after 40 years or 35 years you have a new education policy in india and it is the first time that uh, it is talking about early childhood development inclusion uh, inclusive education uh, it is talking about uh, equity and so on and it is looking at uh, uh, the people with disability as a weaker section of uh, society and somebody needs to be to how do you do it without a number what is the number of ch- uh, children you have and wh- what are the kind of disabilities you have what kind of aids and appliances are required or technologies that are required to see and in india which is got a huge digital divide or there is a huge divide between urban and rural population unless you have a figure uh, where, where you can put your fingers that this population in that particular area needs this kind of an infrastructure first and then it will upgrade in next 10 years or 5 years so that planning is required and this is uh, it is not somebody's personal philanthropy effort that we are looking at we are looking at our rights we are looking at uh, to be a part of the development in india which india is a country under construction there's so much that is going to happen in next you know 50 years or a century i don't want people with disability to miss out on that absolutely and since you spoke about rights uh, tell us about the rights of people with disability act 2016 Uh, what disabilities does it cover and what are the rights it gives and what are the obligations it places on the state um i'll just give you in a nutshell so it's a it's a it's a path breaking uh, uh, legislation and it's it's uh, phenomenal that in in two decades this is the second uh, legislation that we have on uh, rights of persons with disability and uh, it recognizes uh, different categories of disability it for the first time it has recognized blood disorders as as a disability it has recognized the uh, uh, learning disability as disability it it is it is making private sector accountable for the first time uh, private uh, public places owned by private players are also to, to be made accessible um, for everyone uh, it is making equal opportunity in private employment uh, 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 you know uh, as part of norms for any uh, any corporate uh, i think one of the most path breaking uh a uh, provision that it has that it talks about non discrimination so if anybody discriminates or insults a person with disability in public view uh will be uh, penalized maybe sent to jail or there's a penalty so it's very empowering that way there is uh, 1% more reservation in education also in higher education is not limited to not limited to only public uh, sector government institute but also private institutions were running education program at higher education 
and so on. So, to, so anything you see from henceforth, like you see, uh, uh, look at uh, uh, the national education policy, it is very forthcoming because there's a law which is guarantees much of uh, 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 right for people with disabilities. One cannot negate that and form a policy now. Uh, also, if you look at uh, the, the election commission at the moment, it talks about uh, the new law talks about that all election electoral processes must be accessible for people with disabilities. So in the times to come, you will see people contesting elections. Uh, some people did contest election uh, uh, in 2019 as well. So these are changing times. So and we, and and the number, you know, if I, I say minimum uh, uh, minimum, uh, um, there are. Uh, uh, 10 crores of people with disability in our, in our country. That's a minimum number, I would say. You cannot ignore them. You cannot ignore that number. Right. So 10 crore compared to 2.68 crore in the last census year. Uh, tell us a little bit about the programs as well as the benefits uh, that gov the government has for people with disabilities. Are you happy with them? You know, Ashraf, the government is at its own level doing uh, uh, what it can. The problem which I have is that, you know, when you talk about people with disability or disability per se, everything is put on one department. It is Department of Empowerment for Persons with Disabilities. And that department is doing whatever it can in, in its limited capacity and, and, and whatever it has. But it is a full department. It has a secretary. But my, my, my argument has always been uh, there is a responsibility of the department, uh, Ministry of Education. There's a responsibility of Ministry of Railway. There's a Ministry of uh, information technology, the Ministry of uh, uh, Aviation, the Ministry of uh, uh, Urban Development, they each one have to do their own thing. Now, if a department or under Ministry of Social Justice and Empowerment, their job is just affirmative action. They will just provide affirmative action and whatever is required to, uh, to provide social security and so on for people with disabilities. They cannot go and form policies for uh, for uh, what the, is the role of a Ministry of Education. They can provide some guidance. They can provide some knowledge, but it's a full-time job. So I think each of the uh, key ministries, somebody who should be in charge of disability and PMO, it just cannot be a welfare approach. Anything that you do, any project that you pass, any anything. Today, you look at uh, a pandemic, the all orders being passed under the National Disaster Management Act, it completely looks away from disability, despite the fact that there are guidelines written in the law uh, under the National Disaster Management Act, which has the disability inclusive guidelines, but it's been looked away. None of the communication which is being issued from the ministry is accessible for people with disability. How do you know what is need to be done and so on and so forth? So if you have a charity and welfareist approach, it will have only one department which will try to do everybody's work. That's where the problem is. Right. And also tell me, is there a great difference between the prevalence of disabilities between rural and urban India? Well, this is where all your answers, there is there is a difference. There's also all these answers will have, uh, you will have the real picture when you have a good census done, uh, where, when, you, when, you, when you know where this data is coming from, what kind of disability, where this body search is being done. But we are just looking at a 10-year-old data, which is very sketchy. Uh, I mean, now with the 21 categories of disability being recognized with blood disorders onboarding, there are more categories of people who want to get on board. These are, these are very interesting times. And, you know, there are many, many, uh, many, many facts which have come uh, out as we go along. Right. India has been active, Arman, in global developments around disability, but has failed in ensuring that commitments made globally actually fulfilled domestically. 
uh, its signatory, for example, to the Declaration of the Full Participation and Equality of People with Disabilities in the Asia-Pacific region. It has ratified the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. It is a signatory to the Bivako Millennium Framework for Action towards an inclusive and rights-based society and the Incheon Strategy to make the right real for persons with disabilities in Asia and the Pacific. So what are your views? No, I think quite progressive uh, on part of the government of India. One of the first country to ratify CRPD. Uh, and, and also, I must uh, uh, admit and acknowledge that the Rights of Persons with Disabilities Act, which is which is uh, been brought after uh, after India ratified the uh, you know CRPD in India uh, to harmonize its law according to the CRPD, it's one of the most progressive legislation on disability across the world. And uh, but problem is in the implementation. You know, uh, it's one thing that you sign and you commit somewhere, and 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 there is another that you want to implement. And that's where I was to be, again come to my point that if you do not look at disability as a development issue, if you do not look at disability as a as a political issue, uh, you will always have uh, you know this half-hearted and half-baked approach towards disability. There is a digital divide. There is there is urban rural divide. There are many 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 challenges which is coming up now, which we should have thought about two decades back. I think the points that you make are extremely important. It is a political issue, and not many people actually view it through that lens. It's, it is a social and development issue. Not many people view it through that lens. No, Ashraf, you look at the kind of uh, numbers with which uh, uh, people lose elections nowadays. 1,500, 500, you know, look at the Bihar election, look at the West Bengal election, look at the Assam elections, 5,000 people. There are there are 10 crores disabled people in the country, put their family members together, look at the vote bank you have. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't think they've actually mobilized in that manner. They haven't really come together in a way to advocate for their rights the way many other groups would have. Again, a majoritarian politics issue because disabled people cannot organize themselves and go protest like the other able-bodied can do. Yeah, and also I just want to point out to listeners that when you mention majoritarian politics, you're not referring to communities, but you're referring to people who are perfectly healthy <laughs> and people with disabilities. I think that's the difference that you're making. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm. I'm. When I say that, able-bodied and don't uh, and disabled people yeah absolutely so in that context uh, arvan tell us about the national center for promotion of employment for disabled people i'm also given to understand that it recently celebrated its sil silver jubilee yesterday uh, we yesterday we turned 25 years ashraf yeah so that's uh, yesterday when you say yesterday i just want to tell listeners it's may 17 yes okay <laughs> may 17th uh, we turned uh, uh, 25 years um, NCPEDP, that's how we are known, not the whole thing. The people refer to us as because it's a longish name. NCPEDP, we started 25 years back uh, with an idea that we will work on, uh, on providing employment for two people with disabilities in India. And that economic empowerment through which uh, once, we, once we get a job uh, will solve all the problems. But we figured that there are not enough people who are uh, educated for the kind of jobs uh, uh, the corporates were offering. And uh, then we figured, when then we looked at uh, the education data, we figured that uh, hardly anybody uh, with disability, uh, you know, hardly, you know, 1% of the disabled population got any uh, meaningful um, education. And out of that 1%, less than 1% got meaningful employment. And the reason behind that, we figured that there is no accessibility. If you have a school, how do you go to school if the buses were not accessible, if the buildings were not accessible, if the teaching method was not accessible? 
And then that's how we realigned ourselves. So we looked at uh, uh, NCPDP very consciously looked inward and we, we turned ourselves into a research-based advocacy organization. So there are six pillars that we work on, that is education, employment, accessibility, uh, law, policy, and youth. These are our focused areas. So uh, without education, you cannot get employment. Without accessibility, you cannot get education and employment both. All this, you cannot get it without the correct legislation and policy and awareness. And we must give all these things to the youth of this, with disability in this country to be able to take it forward. Um, if I may continue, uh, Ashraf, on this, uh, NCPEDP is a leading cross-disability organization in India, which has brought in two, uh, two uh, legislation uh, together with the disability sector in, in, 20, uh, in, in this last 20 years. A predecessor who was uh, kind of a, a, a godfather to the disability sector. Uh, he is the man from which you see today uh, you're able, disabled people are getting employment in the private sector. There is a discourse on disability and accessibility in a lot of places. You will see people are voting today. Today you see accessibility in uh, airports and accessibility for uh, one for traveling in airplanes. Uh, you talk about, uh, you know, the IT uh, enabled services or IT uh, accessibility, you know, wherever you talk about whatever it is we are still struggling to do and is in the discourse is because of NCPDP and 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 its and its its, its approach where it had a cross disability approach it brought all the significant players on a, on on the table in with the uh, to have a seat on the table with the government and put our concerns forward and 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 and. To be here, and I must through you uh, express my gratitude to all the people who have been rallying with uh, with us. We run this national disability network where we have partners in all the twenty nine states, and uh, and and they constantly rally with us. And we have our, our uh, national committee for the rights of persons with disability who constantly work like a, a think tank and and fill us up uh, for on important issue. So sense of gratitude to each one of them as I speak. Uh, and also, you know, uh, I say this with a lot of nervousness and also the fact that we are looking at a faceless future. Uh, in, in, we are in a pandemic and disabled people are the people who have been impacted the most across the globe in this pandemic. People have lost lives, people have lost livelihood, and uh, we are looking to a, uh, into a bleak future ahead. And, 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 uh, I see a huge responsibility of the, everybody, uh, everyone uh, who are especially in India, because we we have the largest population of disabled people in our country and across the globe. So I, I think uh, there's a huge responsibility for the next 25 years for me, for the entire team at NCPDP and, and everybody who uh, is working with us with this. Arman, also, uh, I want to ask you about something else that you did, that is between 2007 and 2009, you headed Infosys's Equal Opportunity Initiative in Bangalore. What did that entail? Ashraf, uh, I was heading the Equal Opportunity Initiative with Infosys, and uh, it entailed uh, recruiting people with disability for um, the Infosys BPO, uh, basically. So I was heading that. Mostly, my responsibility was to recruit, uh, train, and you know, see that people grow, grow. To look at uh, processes into in Infosys, which was disabled friendly or not, the policies are disabled friendly or not, the infrastructure is disabled friendly or not. They constantly look at and improve. Uh, that's what 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 my role was at that time. And I want to ask you about something else that you did. And uh, you are a shooting champion. 
and not a not a champion uh, ashraf i i i i play uh, uh, but i play that sports i i i shoot 10 meter air pistol and 25 meter uh, pistol uh, in shooting uh, i have been shooting for last 4 5 years now. i i shoot at the national level this year also i participate in the national para shooting uh, championship uh, which was held in delhi Uh, don't get time to practice, but just as a hobby, I'm able to pursue it from last ten years. But you have won awards, and especially from the National Rifle Association of India, I think, which has recognized you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Very kind of them. Yeah. I think it's a there are many shooters. You know, uh, there are more than two thousand shooters with disability in India. There are shooters who are getting medals say, from international events. so these things are people don't are not aware you know uh, if you if an, a non disabled shooter who goes abroad and get a medal for the country they are given a lot of cash rewards and recognition and advertisement and so on but disabled people disabled sports person do not get the same kind of recognition so uh, that's one such thing so i have um, have been wanting to shoot from a very young age picked it up lot uh, later but still able to pursue it at some level Superb. So here's here's the question I always ask each one of my guests at the end: Why do you do this work? Uh, why I do this work? This is what I do. This is what I I I I I know to do. I think um, I don't I don't think we plan and do something like that. This is not something I envisaged. So I I think I, I do it for myself. Uh, I am a person with disability, and and I come from a well-to-do family. I am. Um, i'm articulate i'm able to uh, express my thought i i can make noise i can get angry and, and and get things done still i face discrimination on a everyday basis every day i face discrimination even if it is in my own house i find that certain things are not as accessible as it should have been and so on but i compromise you know i have faced issues where people have called me a pakistani in a cinema hall i have been uh, asked to get off uh, Uh, because i could not stand up uh, during the national anthem was played it was a national news uh, i have been asked to get off a of uber because my wheelchair was not getting in uh, he refused to take my wheelchair on i was i was denied a membership in a in a gym because uh, they thought i was an eyesore in a gym you know so i faced so much of discrimination so and and this i realized at a very young age that uh, uh, there are faceless people people who are treated like garbage still they remain quiet because they scared uh, to even raise their voice in their own family in their own household uh, if they want something even if it is food or a clothing or a basic uh, pocket money they don't ask and and the fear that you know if and if they go out if they're humiliated they're made fun of they don't report it to anybody because they think that next time the parents would not let them go out of the house the report any incident it's like it's like you know you know you know girls when they go out when the evts they don't report they just keep you know just take it on every day every day and on and every day in and out and and it just never ends so i thought you know there is a lot that is not in my lifetime that i will see a lot of difference but i want to do my bit arman it was an absolute privilege to have you on the show disability should be part of the national conversation if we are to have a truly new india Thank you for enlightening us about the nuances of this issue. Thank you so much, Ashraf. I, I, through you, I would like to appeal all your listeners. Then please support uh, NCPEDP. We are in our twenty-fifth year, and we are at a juncture where uh, where disabled people need uh, most of the support. Uh, please visit our website, uh, which is ncpedp. org. 
uh, or support uh, uh, organizations of disabled people in your area wherever you are uh, please, please be the ambassador of disabled people in whatever way you do anything that you do in life anything that you do in your work always think of disabled people i will end with this uh, said i think uh, the next prime minister of india will be on wheelchair and we and i encourage all the listeners to do exactly as arman said and i share his hope that he expressed at the end thank you thank you all for listening please visit allindiansmatter.in that's a w l i n d i a n s m a t e r i n for more columns and audio podcasts you can follow me on twitter at ashraf engineer that's a s h r a f e n g i n w r and all indians count that's a w l i n d i a n s c o u n t search for the all indians matter page on facebook on instagram the handle is all indians matter email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in catch you again soon